In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi, everybody. I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 354. That's right. We are talking about uh, Green Lantern, uh, well, rather, the Green Lantern number five from Morrison and Sharp. Um, Mark is uh, going to be taking this one. Mark, you want to just jump right into it? You okay, Chad? You don't really seem like you're here. <laughs> are you tired, Chad? It's a somber occasion, man. We're on a vampire planet. We have to match the tone. That was. <laughs> Good save though. I appreciate that. Um, all right, I'm gonna let's. I'm gonna jump into it. The, the thing that I really like about this issue is that I would have to say this is the most straightforward and easy to follow issue of the entire series. <laughs> so I really appreciated this issue. Um, all right, so let's. The actual title of the issue is Black Star at Zenith. Uh, Morrison and Sharp remain the creators. Steve Olaf colorist. Olaf, uh, Tom Orjakowski, uh, Litterer, Liam Sharp, and Steve Olaf cover. Joe St. Pierre with Steve Furchow did the variant cover, which I have and I absolutely hate. I hate the variant yeah. cover. Did you did you get you got the digital right? So you just have the you have both. Right. Well, when I pick up the uh, the hard copy, I'm gonna end up getting the the regular cover. They didn't have any of the regular cover because I didn't I didn't I didn't actually pick this up until the week after it came out. I think so. All they had was a whole stack of variant covers, and now we know why. Uh, uh, Jessica Chen, associate editor, and Brian Cunningham, editor. So, why we will talk? We we begin with uh, Hal and what's her face, Belzebeth or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they're having the conversation, picking up where they left off after the last issue when Hal was supposedly, you know, deep, deep, deep undercover, trying to you know, kind of talk his way into the Dark Stars, and then before the big reveal that it was Hal Jordan, but of course she kind of knew it was Hal Jordan. So now we're on the vamp, you know, we're on the uh, Vor, the planet of the vampires, and we'll talk about this initial page with all the little vampire references, which uh, and see how many we can how many we can pick out. We'll do that. We'll do I know too. I'm very excited. Yeah, for. I know. I, those are the most those are mo- most obvious, and obviously one looks like Morbius too, for what it's worth. Uh, but we'll we'll go back and see, and we'll just talk about that figure towards when we after we get done wrapping up the issue. So and and even on the first the title splash page, uh, the, I'm sure the Saint the Saint Yorba I mean, Yorga must be related to the Count Yorga, the vampire thing, uh, from from the movies. So basically, Hal, this is this is kind of like the uh, almost like Indiana Jones is uh, going through the trials in in Last Crusade when he has to pass all these tests to get to the Holy Grail that Belzebeth is putting him through all these tests that he has to pass in order to. 
basically be a join one join to be a black star and prove that basically he has what it takes to be a black star. And I, I really enjoy the the huge ghost train. That ghost train is as big as a planet. That's a pretty that's pretty nicely done. And she gives him, you know, she pretty much tells him, you know, this planet pretty much just exists to consume the life and light. And you are nothing but the prey here. So, and if you want to survive, not only do you need to get the three sections of your black star mantle, but you pretty much have to listen to whatever I tell you too. We're going to be in constant. She tells him to stay in communication with him, with her, and pretty much what he, he, if she says something, he has to really pay attention to it. And it's all this is is like a gauntlet, literally, for him to run. I do like the fact. I, the best thing about this issue also to me was the fact that this is the most Hal-like I think we see Hal so right. far in this series. That the real essence of Hal Jordan comes through because she's like she's like probing him and pushing him to not just challenge his will but make it sound like uh, you may not have what it takes. It's really hard to do this. Right in the beginning it's like, uh, but each gain will require a sacrifice. Do you have what it takes to become a black star? And Hal's just like – I'm guessing you didn't read my Wikipedia page. It's like, sure, I'll give it a shot. Now it's a little di- – I wish they didn't date it so much like this. Maybe we'll look back in like 10 years and, what's Wikipedia? <laughs> but you get the point. You know, this is Hal is kind of like his little – his bravado. We see Hal is kind of – he's basically – he's got uh, – his arms seem to be chained by some some gauntlets. And she's asking, "Hey, it would be, this would kind of be easier if we t- took these off." And she says, "No, let think of this. Think of them as part of your test. We'll be in constant communication and follow the sound of the blood bells, which of course then go off." And she tells him, "Run, <laughs> go, go now." She kind of reminds me of Relic a little, the way she's drawn in this. I'm sure it's nothing. Um, a little bit. The, yeah, especially on the page when he's running down the stairs. When you look at her, look at the close up at her face. Uh, so. Hal, you know, Hal basically enters the, uh, begins the, begins his little gauntlet challenge here, uh, his, and he ends up, he thinks it's a graveyard, but she points out, this is just a residential district, but you're probably going to be okay, because because it, it's like, kind of like high noon on their planet, so everybody should be sleeping, but it smells horrible, you know, basically like death and everything else, and she, she kind of points out how it's nauseating, and it basically it becomes, it's corrosive, it eats away at your confidence and your, in your will, and she's kind of, and Hal just again kind of counters that. It's like uh, making it sound, you know, it's it's Hal, so it doesn't it doesn't really phase him. But she points out that you know you can resist this for a while, but what you really need to do is find you know find the visor, find the visor for your black uh, black star armor. And Hal asks for a clue. She says, uh, "Yeah, here's a clue. Try, try looking where you seem least inclined to look." And of course. Hal kind of looks around, and he looks inside this this room, and he sees this kind of like this pool, this chain, pool in a chamber of blood and corpses with one hand sticking out holding, which kind of looks on, from a distance, kind of almost looks like a mug or a glass, but it turns out that this is actually the Dark Star visor, and, and as she continues to do it, trying to do head games with him, Hal just kind of points out, you know, Countess, I appreciate how you're trying to make this more exciting for me. But, you know, I fought armies of the dead. I've beaten down gods and cosmic tyrants. I was possessed by a monster called Parallax. I've lived, I've died, I've been reborn, yada, yada. You know, I was haunted by his father's death every day, founded the Justice League. It's like, I don't do inner demons. I do like that line. And I don't do regrets. And he kind of points out that, you know, you're kind of like wasting your time. You know, the the miasma, the, the, the stink in the atmosphere, you're wasting your time here. 
he puts on the visor, and then he kind of sees like, like all these all these corpses, skeleton-like things coming after him, and he starts swinging at them and, and beheading some of them. And she points out uh, that you know you can that pretty much you're not going to survive without the gauntlets of, of the Exomantle. Uh, you're not going to survive this, no matter no matter what your take is on fear about being able to see see it and deal with it and everything else. That still you're running on you're living on borrowed time pretty much until you find the rest of your armor. So you know, Hal, this is what he kind of talks about. You know, he understands the concept of fear that you have to know fear to be able to overcome it. And this is an interesting backstory we get because of the fact that Green Arrow is the one who basically killed her father. And the Hal points out that he was there, and he and Hal kind of being somewhat sarcastic, I think, but also at, probably honest, saying he was a little concerned about how and Belzebeth were going to get along because of the fact that because of that little <laughs> backstory. But she actually is not bothered by that at all, and she said she actually wanted to congratulate you, Justice League, because she hated her father. <laughs> you, you did our clan a favor, she said, and Hal surrounded by all these. What are they? They're, not, they're not really like slug-like things, but they're, they're kind of insecty, I guess. They're kind of I know what they're called. I mean, they are kind of called something in particular, but they kind of they kind of look very large insect-like in this pool of blood coming after Hal. And while they're having this exchange about the just Justice League and everything, she reminds him, "Is there something obvious you may have overlooked again?" And that's when Hal realizes that you know the the gauntlets, the physical gauntlets on his hands and his wrists are actually not. They're really not there to keep him chained up. They're actually weapons. They're part of the dark, star, the black star mantle, and he use he uses them and to uh, fight the creatures. And he re- and she put you know that there's a standard I guess maser sling on his left, and there's a star band gauntlet on the right. And again, taunting him, it's like, do you think you can master its subtleties? And he pretty much gets poisoned by one of these giant mandragoric things. And you know Hal's kind of she's she's kind of pointing out you're living you're now you're literally living on borrowed time because you're being poisoned. And he, Hal's like, how long do I have? How long? So Hal's got two thirds of what he needs, and he makes his way. Uh, these 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 creatures creatures are pretty cool, kind of like the 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 horseman here, and his and his bride or assistant here, and and Hal's Hal is a. Uh, T- take, taking them on, doing what Hal does best, finding you know the the the, the what the witch the witch watch maggot right that's what they call it the watch maggot right. uh, the font on top almost looks like witch that I had to squint with my bad eyes and Hal you know Hal's duking it out with them and she's still you know and Belzebeth is still talking to him at this point talking about the Black Star as a collective we move as one we strike as one we join together and are unbeatable and pretty much the me- the message of the message of this entire final uh, test for Hal is that the way Hal is actually going to beat this challenge is that Hal's not going to beat this challenge. Hal basically has to acknowledge the fact that he kind of needs help and that he's part of the collective and it, as he gives gives up his individuality and stops trying to do things on his own, which actually is a pretty big challenge for Hal Jordan, and gives himself to the to the to the collective. Then she, Belzebeth, in, uh, intervenes because she's actually was wearing the rest of his. Uh, of his armor, and she t- she frees Hal from this challenge, and she points out that we needed to be sure you could sacrifice your considerable ego and sele- surrender to the collective. And Hal thinks that you know Hal thinks that he's passed the test completely, and he's a black star, but it's not 100% true. But now we get this cool little flashback, which is 
I like the way this is done, and this is almost like what a clash, classic Jeff Con would have been, because because we revisit a scene we've seen before earlier in the series, but now we get a further explanation, and we get to see what we didn't see, which is when one of the Guardians is talking to Hal Jordan, saying there's a traitor within our ranks who will be exposed shortly, and it's like, let's you and I talk, and Hal's like, okay, well, who do you have in mind? You know who the traitor is, and goes, why, it's you, Hal Jordan. <laughs> why else do you think of him? What else do you think I was going to say? Or at any rate, that's what we want everyone to believe. Yeah, the, yeah, there is a Black Star informant, but but he's going to try to help expose the uh, Black Star informant by basically going deep, deep, deep undercover himself. And the Guardian says, knowing how much you already enjoy doing so, that you'll be required to feign increased dissatisfaction with our methods. We'll expect you to flaunt our rules, even to kill without sanction. That one's still kind of shaky to me. But we need you to infiltrate the Black Stars, and when that objective is achieved, you will sabotage their exotic weapons programs uh, that can threaten the integrity of the universe. And, of course, he's, he's also in charge with uh, neutralizing control of Mew. And Hal asks, you know, what happens if I'm caught? Of course, he's going to be disowned. <laughs> and the Guardian is kind of funny. He goes, uh, I didn't think that outcome would be particularly <laughs> would be a particular deterrent to you. Now we now we cut back to uh, the current moment where we see Hal kind of in his in his Black Star armor, very tight Black Star <laughs> armor, and I guess she points out that Hal Jordan pretty much died on, you know, died to live on Vor, so he has to pick a Black Star name. So of course he picks Parallax. Uh, they continue to have their talk, and Hal's kind of like in a way probing her about. So uh, Commander Mew's got a is building some kind of ultimate weapon, and she's got, she's going well. You know, considering your background, you ask you asking and knowing about this you know, would normally make me nervous. And they have, but she points out basically the past must be cleared to make way for your future. Our enemies are your enemies, Black Star Parallax. Controller Mew requires the final test before he will meet with you. And then we see Chain before Hal is Adam Strange, who first sees, he was all happy to see Hal until, of course, she tells him, well, Black Star, kill Adam Strange. The end. So, um, Green Arrow killing her father. That is from Justice League number 98. Uh, and Starbreaker, uh, th- that scene does happen. Um, he shoots him with a silver shaft uh, arrow in order to pierce his heart, you know, and, um, what's interesting, if you look up Starbreaker and Justice League 98, look at the symbol on his chest. Do you have it handy? Cause I'm going to look it up, but, uh, I have it digitally, so I don't, let's see here. Okay, hold on. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Yeah, just Starbreaker, Justice League '98, or Justice League of America '98. I'm trying, I'm trying to get a good view because the cover shot doesn't really help. I don't think. I see the cover. Uh, let me take a look at the cover. Okay, now I'm in the, now I'm in the Wikipedia page. Ironically, uh, let's see here. Maybe I can try something. Let me just go back and look for images. Yeah. Of course, that's what I was technically in. Um, But there was another picture. I'm just trying to... So I just, uh, on a Google image search, all I did was search for Starbreaker Justice League 98 
And it's the second picture, or the third picture, sorry. It says endings at the top of the image. It almost looks like a sapphire symbol, almost. Or a black star, one of the two. There you go. Yeah. Black star symbol. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's Starbreaker. Um, so I just thought it was worth bringing that up. Another thing of interest is the vampires. Evidently, all the ones on the right are from the cast of What We Do in the Shadows. Ah, okay. Which I've never seen, I but evidently either. it was popular. Um, but of course, we have Lestat and Louis right there next to Hal. Uh, Lestat in the foreground and Louis just behind him. Uh, you recognize them from Interview with a Vampire, the film. They're very clearly drawn to reflect um, Brad Pitt and um, Tom Cruise. Yeah, Tom Cruise. There you go. Uh, to reflect those two. But uh, that is Lestat and Louis from Man Rice's. Uh, uh, popular Vampire Chronicle series, which everybody should know at this point. I'm a huge fan of. Um, and uh, yeah, you're right. Looks sort of like a, a Morbius ripoff or a shout out there. I'm wondering if one of these is Nosferatu. If it is, I don't know which one it would be though, because none of them really look like Nosferatu. Really? Yeah. Who do you think behind the Brad Pitt? I mean, almost it's. It almost looks like either an almost actually to me it almost looks like Werewolf by Night, but we know it can't be. But almost maybe it's Man Bat or something. It's hard to tell what it looks like. Could be. Um, it's hard to tell. Um, I'm not recognizing much of these other ones. We, sh- we should go back to that page eventually, that site that we l- found all the other stuff about, <laughs> and and, bra- and, bra- and look for this issues. Because <laughs> they probably will have uh, broken down. <laughs> Uh, it's possible. Uh, we'll have to, yeah, we'll have to look it up. Um, let's see here. <sighs> see, this one's so hard to break down because you said you kind of you said it at the beginning of the episode. It's so straightforward. Um, do you, how do you? I guess the only one of the only real points of contention, or the one of the only real points to address, is do you believe? Or, I mean, yeah, it's, it's you you believe it because they explained it, but do do you buy? the explanation of why of you know the of what the guardians are doing here it's almost like you know renegade how all over again but just uh, with the guardians blessing this time i mean i do be- i mean it i do i believe most of it i still have a hard time about the death thing that's like uh i mean unless uh, unless they already unless we get another another addition to this page like they keep adding like to the scene where we get more and more of the conversation and we find out that more or less that uh they said oh here like here here are three choices of people you can kill we don't really don't give a shit about <laughs> it's like well look right. the other way i mean i mean other than that it's it's going to be kind of it's i mean i know i can understand why if they were that concerned in the big picture about this threat, why they probably would be willing to maybe push that envelope just because it certainly would make Hal look much more realistically like he's going renegade if he's saying, fuck you, I'm going to kill people. And, right. And blatantly do it in front of other Green Lanterns where he doesn't care. So I, I could see that. That's the part about this that's still – but to be fair, we have to see how he gets out of the Adam Strange situation too. <laughs> Looking forward to that issue, by the way. 
I like the I like the cover of that too, of number six. Uh, I almost don't care what the variant cover is, but I guess I should look it up because by now the variant cover should be announced, right? I would assume, yes. The Green Lantern six variant. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, see, I might have to get both covers because that variant looks super cool. It's uh, it's Hal in space uh, with sort of purplish background, uh, space material and energy and dust and asteroids and a shattered moon and a world behind him. It's pretty cool looking, actually. I'm gonna see if I can visit here and see what uh, if it tells me who the artist is. Uh, cover is Lucio Perillo, but doesn't tell me who the variant artist is. Because I'm definitely down for the regular cover with uh, with him and Adam Strange. Let's go to just DCComics.com. It's got a show. It's DC Comics. Its solicitation should tell us. Variant cover, yeah, okay, so variant cover by Lucio Perillo. Okay, never mind. I guess Liam's doing the regular cover. So yeah, Lucio Perillo does the variant, and Liam Sharp does the regular. I'm going to have to, damn it, I'm going to have to buy that issue twice. <laughs> All right, whatever. All right, let's see. Um, did you... Pick up any other references. I'm not. I'm not a huge horror fan, so I'm almost. I'm almost relying on you a bit more to see if you recognize some of the. To see if there are any like shoutouts to other horror genres or. I mean, or anything else here. Hmm. I find it interesting. What are they? Some of the ones in the background about forming a sign of the cross, aren't they? Well, yeah, the same way, the same way, like people um, will will do that to like keep away, you know, just sort of a, a warding against um, a vampire, or whatever is just making the sign of the cross. Yeah, but it's weird that other vampires are doing it. Well, I think they're probably using it as a as a visual way to show that they're shunning her. That's oh, I'm sure, but I'm just saying it's still struck. Mm-hmm. It, 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 I mean, it does get the point across. I'm just driving it how 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 because she does make the point of saying how much they really don't like her. That, uh, so um, I'm sure there are other references here that I'm not. Right. What do you think of these challenges? These three challenges. It almost makes the Black Star seem likable because a lot of this you're like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I don't have a big issue with it. I think it. I think it makes sense, and she's she's pretty bright. So I am. I don't necessarily think that uh, that she, she completely buys that. You know, he's on board yet, <laughs> and not just, right. not, not just because she's sending him off to kill Adam Strange as, as his quote unquote final final test. I still suspect that there's a that there's more to it than that, but. I find it odd that the uh, the guardian that he's speaking with is like, you know, hey, I, I, we figured that you wouldn't mind being on the outs with us. It's almost like they're treating these guardians like the old guardians, and they're not. How's relation? I feel like 
Kyle's relationship for sure with the new Guardians versus the old one is, is is completely different. But I feel like even Hal has a different relationship with the with the Templar Guardians than he had with the old ones. So it's weird that they'd be treating uh, the, the, his relationship with them almost like it's the same thing. Yeah, I think they do seem to kind of want to have their cake and eat it too when it comes to exactly how we're supposed to react you know to the guardians and i just generally speaking it's like they don't it's not really clear you know in a way 100 percent how we're supposed to view them versus how much of the old guardians we think they are how much of the new because obviously they don't look like really for the most part they don't you know really look like nobody looks like templar guardians anymore right so it's yeah i I am, yeah, I'm a little not on board 100% yet, or not convinced yet how how I should feel about the Guardians in these, and their relationship to Hal in general, too, but specifically with Hal in in general as well. Have we gotten an explanation yet on how the Black Stars are related to the Dark Stars in any way, shape, or form, other than the fact that Controller moves behind them, and it's just like, you know, maybe... Maybe he's, you know, he's of a different mind than the other controllers, so he's just doing something similar. But what he believes is the best. Well, what do you mean in particular, like, the, like the concept conceptually, why, how they're either? Rel- yeah, how are the? How, yeah, have we gotten an explanation of what the different true difference is between a black star and a dark star? Like, I, why they're two different things? I'm going to assume there's a difference in philosophy along with the fact that I've, that clearly that there are some while they some of the as she's describing what the mantle can do clearly there's there's some commonality with the mantle plus the fact that they still call them mantles was was exactly what we just dealt with in the, the end of the Venditti run that they have similar traits with them all being kind of linked together and the teleportation and things like that we know the weapon systems are different so they have that side of their other other gauntlet that's Driven by the, uh, the evil star power, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So I, I don't know of 100% yet. We've kind of got the big reveal of uh, the twirling mustache reveal of what the difference in his his worldview versus uh, controller. Yeah. By next issue, if we haven't gotten more uh, focused on him, uh, I'd be a little upset. I mean, not not upset, but just. I'd be we're six issues in. We know nothing about the main bad guy. Like that, that'd be a who really hasn't been in the book that much. All right, exactly. She um, she's been in the book more. Certainly lately. So I'd, right. So I'd like to I'd like to see some more information on him or his motives uh, or you know really anything about him or his philosophies. Another thing I'd mentioned before uh, I have one other kind of gem to drop on you is. Um, the the ending of this it's it I mean I get the I get the feel we're going for here with the whole 60s sort of Silver Age vibe that uh, Morrison and Sharp are trying to pull in here but I, it, oh, it's almost too on the nose to end the issue with a cliffhanger of we have captured Adam Strange and tied him up now kill him like is there is there a better way to do that like he's he's it doesn't. It almost doesn't seem like the Black Star way to 
hog tie someone and then and just kind of force an execution like wouldn't you want him to like hunt him down or stalk your prey i mean like is is there is there anything more it just seems it just seemed like a weird note to end on not a bad note it just seemed weird well i think well i'm on level i see your point but i think the they're, they're, the quickest way for them to find out if Hal's really on board with them is just to have him do something that Hal Jordan should never do, would never even consider doing. So instead of – if he was hunting him down, he could come up with some half-assed reason why maybe he didn't kill him or maybe he, he got away from him or he keeps you – know, he could he could delay. He could naturally come up with some kind of delay tactics even if it was just subtle to, try, to at least drag it out until he could maybe come up with a better plan to get – or for, or for hoping that Strange could come up with a better plan to get out of it. This way, it's basically she just puts them as like, you need to kill this person. So Yeah, I guess. All right, well, one final thing I had to mention was uh, from Justice League uh, of America number 98. After the League has uh, dealt with Starbreaker, Hal puts some energy around Starbreaker and says the following. The Guardians have a special interest in Starbreaker because of his galaxy-wide crimes. They'll deal him his due justice. They talk about how Green Arrow killed Starbreaker in this issue. That's true. From 98, it doesn't seem like they killed him. It looks like they just sort of sapped him of his of his energies and powers, and Hal took him to be dealt with by the Guardians. So... If they're if if Morrison and Sharp are digging into the past and bring, resurrecting old things, will we see her father Starbreaker again? Because it seems like when last we saw him, the idea was the Guardians would deal with him. It's possible, or maybe he was dead and got better. He is a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> true. True. <laughs> No, but I saw I saw that that blurb there. But I was like, it's it's very odd that they specifically reference this moment, and when a few pages later, it's very clear that Hal himself takes Starbreaker to the Guardians. So, why would you reference such a specific moment in Justice League history in, in such an obvious way? To only then turn around and say, no, 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 he was killed, when it's very clear he wasn't. Unless he's unless that was Hal just probing her. Maybe. That maybe, maybe. Maybe because maybe this is an occasion where Hal really knows the difference. That maybe the, the, the rumor, the legend is that that's what happened in Starbreaker and that finished him off. And he Hal was just trying to see if whether she, whether she basically knew that or believed that or not. So... That could be what it is. I mean, the, since it, if, it, if it's pretty clear on that issue that he did that, he was assumed not dead at the end of the issue, then you would assume that wouldn't be a mistake they, that Morrison would make. So maybe that's exactly why. Maybe there's a specific reason why Hal is saying this. Maybe that's maybe that's their ace in the hole that they bring that Starbreaker comes back. Yeah, she finds out that he's not on their side, and. He gets her to his by, you know, giving her her father back. Or, well, no, that doesn't do it because she 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 said she doesn't she despises him. So maybe she, maybe he hands her over him over to her to, you know, show that she has uh, assumed her rightful place and has power over him. Or I don't who the hell knows. Um, 
but uh, yeah, that's that's kind of that's about all I've got for this one. Like you said at the beginning, it's very straightforward. I like the art. I did like the art. The art is the art is growing on me apparently more than you. But the art, I, I, I know this is the this is the best issue if for no other reason because again it is so it is so straightforward and we've had so much of these deep deep complex and layered issues and difficult to read issues. I think at least going through it the first time or the stuff you always miss. Uh, not, not that we probably didn't mess up with this, but I mean, ba- the basic idea we didn't miss. So I think right. that I did. I thought this was the easiest book to, easiest book to read, and I also kind of liked the story that was being told in it so far. So this probably is my favorite book, the is- my favorite issue of this book so far. Well, I mean, I, I like the art as well. I just in, in this particular issue, I don't think uh, Liam gets as, as much of a chance to shine as I do, I believe he has in the past. Simply because of the medium we're working in here with how dark everything is, it's hard to point out his specific line work. I feel like um, it's not as like as as an, as an example, when you turn the page and, and go back to the flashback of the moment with between the Guardian and Hal, the art almost looks completely almost looks completely different because we're working in a different sort of light source and everything. We're no longer on this dark vampiric world. So it looks different visually the minute you turn, but that's because of where we're at in the story, the location, the lighting, and, and everything like that. So I think I think that um, my issues with the art, this particular issue, have nothing to do with Liam's style or anything like that. It's just uh, it's just this particular issue compared to the others. It's in a different sort of light source, and I'm just uh, I'm not seeing quite as much as the detail. You can see he's using like some shadows and like um, you know how uh, black and stuff reflects in, in the shadows whenever there's any sort of light on it. There's sort of uh, some cool light shading happening on some of these things, so he does get to play around with a lot of uh, different stuff that he wouldn't normally get to do, and it definitely works. And there's nothing bad about the art, and I don't think I said anything bad about the art. But um, yeah, it's it, it's I, I just of of the five issues out so far, I don't think this this one in particular shines from start to finish. I got you. Yeah. And he, and he does a, right. he does a better job drawing Hal with again without his mask on than when he does with the, with the mask on. Gotcha. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, anything else about this issue? No, but it was fun, and that's and that's. That was kind of a, a nice surprise because I haven't found reading most of these, this series fun so far. Even if even if I find it somewhat interesting, I haven't found it fun. And I thought this issue, for the most part, was was pretty yeah, fun and pretty howl like. Yeah, it's definitely enjoyable. By the way, I checked out that site. Should we should we mention that site or should we save it for when we do the next ep- uh, episode where we're talking about the you, Silver Age? You can you can save it, but if you got the link to this issue, why don't you just paste it to me so I can go take a look at it at some point? Yeah, they 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 did they didn't see anything about the. Um, oh, they didn't. Oh, okay. no, no. Oh, but I can oh. I can send it to you. Sure. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. I'll just send it on Facebook and you can check it later. Uh, but anyways, uh, all right. So uh, what's uh, what's next on the uh, on the rocket docket? We're going to do which we just missed by one friggin' day, right? Last week, I think, pretty much that uh, <laughs> uh, the the second and probably final. Uh, I would assume 
end, Avengers Endgame official trailer that uh, dropped right after we pretty much recorded our Captain Marvel episode, which would have been perfect to be on our more on that episode. But still, it gives us a little bit of extra bang for the buck at the end of this one. So, so I guess we'll play that trailer and then and discuss it. All right. So we are over on YouTube on the Marvel Entertainment channel looking at Marvel Studios in uh, Avengers Endgame official trailer. It's a uh, full um, minutes are 2 minutes 26 seconds. We're at the zero mark and I will go ahead and hit play right uh, now. God, it seems like a thousand years ago. I fought my way out of that cave. Became Iron Man. Realized I loved you. I know I said no more surprises, but I was really hoping to pull off one last one. The world has changed. None of us can go back. So a couple things to note in there, I guess. Um, okay, should we start with the obvious with all the red tint? Yes, yeah, so pretty much the only real color you see in a lot of the flashback scenes are is red. Uh, you can make a case there's some white in there too, but that's just from the black and white that we're seeing it. But that does, of course, certainly ref- kind of probably not coincidentally, it reflects the color of the Earth or quantum realm suits being white and red. Uh, well, it's also, I mean, it's also just symbolism. You know, when you see red like that, it usually means death or, you know, blood, something like that. Um, so there's some symbolism there that you can kind of in, infer if you wanted to. Um, 
one thing I noticed there, uh, it looks like Scott is in front of his house or not his house, but his, uh, his daughter and his, uh, ex-wife, um, just, just based on what I saw, what it looked like from, uh, the first Ant-Man movie looks like he's in front of that. So he probably, he might've lost Cassie and his ex-wife or somebody. So that might be something of, uh, of note to consider. I don't think it would, I mean, we're assuming, you know, half the world's population is gone, but like, I don't think we've talked about did did Ant Man in particular lose somebody other than the people who disappeared at the end credits of, uh, of Ant Man and the Wasp? Did he lose Cassie? Did he lose his ex wife? Did he lose his uh, ex wife's husband? Now, like, did he do he lose any of those individuals as well? Um, and uh, the only other thing, I guess, the the, the 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 big thing to note is you can see very clearly Nebula and Tony are with the crew at the at the end there. Yes, assume, assuming that's not a fake, you know, a a fake out scene put in, you know, those, those characters digitally put in. But it does, it makes sense that it's not because the like the super the Super Bowl trailer clearly was if you look at it seemed to have people missing from it. The way people right. spacing. So it probably makes much more sense that they purposely took out Tony and Nebula then and had them back in where they where they where they belong now. Which kind of, and since we know based on the end of the Captain of Captain Marvel, she just shows up. She just yeah. shows up. That either that pretty, I mean, it it almost makes it a slam dunk that when everybody's out in the front lawn on the Avengers compound looking up in the sky in that evening shot, that that's Tony and Nebula coming back. That's probably, right. Yeah, that that again based on connect, connecting the dots and probably Captain Marvel and or Ant Man. Probably Captain Marvel was also in that scene, and she was one of the ones taken out in that scene when there's a gap between some of the. Just like you, just like when you see the the scene with Thor and Captain Marvel, uh, Black Widow still has her bl- blonde hair, so you know that again has to occur relatively shortly after the snap and after Captain Marvel shows up. So, how much time do you think elapses between that's a widow ugh. widow with a short white hair to widow with red hair down, to, you know, past her shoulders? Well, there's also and there's also when Cap and and Natasha are talking, and they're both sitting down about you know not moving on. Her hair is kind of like in between, so that's probably when she's growing out her hair again. Uh, I don't. That's to me one of the bigger short-term mysteries of this movie is how long it actually takes, how long a period. It, and I've, if we're working under the assumption, of course, that Tony doesn't die and there's no some time travel, which doesn't make any sense because the only person who can figure out the quantum realm tech is going to be Tony, to begin with. Uh, but if we believe Tony makes it back because he just doesn't die, that it can't be a huge amount of time that it takes him to get back. I can't – I mean it could be months. It, I don't know if it's going to be like over a year, but I would say probably no more than a year maybe after the snap at that point. Mm-hmm. But it, I would probably lean towards less, but it's hard to know. Just like it's going to be interesting. This, Yeah, I, that, that's one of the bigger mysteries to me is exactly – we know some scenes are going to take place after, but there's probably going to be a time jump. The question is how how big a time jump, or maybe there isn't a maybe there is not a significant time jump. Maybe there's only like a matter of weeks or something from the time uh, the movie picks up to like uh, maybe there's like maybe like there's a catalyst for 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 like Cap in particular, like go, looking more like Steve Rogers again, and that. Uh, so yeah, that 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 that's a that's a mystery. I'm looking, f- you know, I'm looking forward to. I, I thought it was particularly well done that they focused on obviously the big three, 
which is what you would expect. Some people pointed out how you know Thanos wasn't in this trailer at all, but I don't think that's a big deal because basically, the first uh, Infinity War was a movie with the Avengers, but it was about Thanos. It really was Thanos' movie, which gets highlighted at the end by saying Thanos will return at the end, not that the Avengers will return. This movie, I think, is the complete opposite. This movie is about the Avengers, and Thanos happens to be in it. He's the obstacle they got to get through and, and overcome, but it's not Thanos' movie. This is the Avengers movie. And the original Avengers movie with obviously Ant-Man and Rhodey and Nebula and, and Rocket along for the ride – but it's basically the the, original, the core Avengers, and it's especially going to be Tony, Thor, and Cap. Hmm. Um, one one quick thing, because they use a lot of old scenes, and when they use the old scenes, they they did the black and white with the red. They used another old scene, or did they? But they didn't use the black and white and red, which is Nebula sliding back and then popping her her blades out and running towards Thanos. I don't think that's an old scene. I think that's a new scene. That's what I'm saying. Or did they? Because it looks like the fight with Thanos it's, is happening. It looks again. similar, but that's ne- but that's cuz Nebula always I think looks similar. <laughs> I don't I think that's a yeah, I think that's a new shot on, from from Endgame. I don't think I don't think it's a shot from when they were on Titan. So That's what I suspect. I think it's I think it's a good catch, and I noticed that too. I, but I think that's a, I think that's a new shot, not an, not an old, not an old shot. Uh, I did. I, I'm trying to think. There was something else, and I did. Obviously, this was very Clint heavy. This trailer was pretty Clint heavy. So you probably right. assume that that him him in his teaching his daughter how to sh- or having his daughter continue to practice how to shoot. You would assume that's going to be somewhere around the snap before everything falls apart for him. <laughs> Um, they they know how to cut a trailer. Let's put it this way: they, they, there's there's not a whole lot of brand new. There's the biggest brand new stuff in this was the fact that they actually showed the quantum realm suits, and they had everybody together, including Nebula and Tony. That even though what you don't see, you, you technically don't see Thor in the in the suit. Nor right. do you see Captain Marvel, which leads some to speculate that that's why that there's really going to be two missions here. Not that certain that a certain group of them, the majority of them, are going to go back in time. But there's also another group that's that their job is to keep Thanos basically occupied, so he is so there's no way he can kind of figure out what's going on. Um, so, well, but we'll see. Uh, so Cap, you could see Captain Marvel, Thor, some have speculated Hulk, things like that. Those could be those could be part of the, part of the group that might be have a different mission as opposed to not time traveling. Uh, so, or yeah, it's still time traveling. Even going through the quantum realm, it is still time traveling. Not just not Doctor Strange time traveling, but it's used using the realm to, to time jump. I'm this movie looks really good. I'm just I really can't wait for this. Then, and on one level, you can't. Again, it's a different type of movie. But you look at the the, the two trailers and the TV commercial we've gotten for this, and how well they put that together. And then you look at the Captain Marvel trailers and how blah. The Captain Marvel trailers were not that the movie was significantly less blah, really. So I guess it was an accurate representation of what the movie was. But it, you just compare that, and it's like this. You know, these trailers are even like to the, compared to like the Thor Ragnarok trailer, you know, or even the, the Spider-Man trailers from Homecoming or Far From Home. It just seems like that there's something about the way they tend to be able to cut their trailers, which is really, really unique and really effective, and 
this this does it in a way. It's I'm looking forward to it, but it's going to be sad too because we know this is going to this is pretty much going to end this era in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know the what the Infinity story, the Infinity Era, however Feige phrased it. So we know this is coming to an end, and we can probably and some characters are not going to make it out. Probably I don't know how how daring they're going to be to kill off too many of the major characters. But it, but it's going to be worth seeing, and it's and to me, yeah, by far this is the most my most anticipated movie of the year. Nothing comes close. So, knocking on the door, not too far away now, barely over a month away. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 stoked for it. It's it's. Um, I don't know. I don't know why I'm not as stoked as I would expect to be. Um, I'm not sure, quite honestly. There's, uh, uh, maybe just there's so much of this shit that's happening over and over and over again that it's hard for me to just maintain excitement about everything at the same time. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's just happening so often now. Uh, I mean, shit, man. In, in April alone, uh, other than my birthday, we've got Shazam, Endgame, Game of Thrones. Like it's, it, there's a lot happening. Right, Game of Thrones. But Game of Thrones and, and in a way, Endgame are similar based on what, what what we're getting. Even though Game of Thrones will not end until May, but uh, the point. I don't know. It's it's yeah. It is weird. You're not more unless 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 you're, which I don't think you are. I mean, I'm probably am more than you. Afraid of what's going to come next for the MCU once they close the once they close this door. Because first of all, they're being so. We talked about this not that long ago. The fact that they're being so ridiculously coy about announce officially announcing projects or what what movies are coming out. Even though we're still supposed to get, I think, three movies next year, but we have no idea what any of them are going to be officially. So, and the fact that you know this, I don't know. I I I it will. I am fascinated to a certain extent because. Depending what how they wrap this up, they could really be putting themselves out, hanging out, them, going out in the limb here, to see how they get, how the next big part of the cinematic universe will go. Yes, they have the big ace in the hole, which is now official, about uh, having the Fantastic Four and the X Men and all their all the Fox properties are back under their control. So that's the biggest thing that I think they have going for them. But a lot of the other projects that they're talking about, like, have not don't exactly throw me at this point. Right. Uh, so, and Guardians Three, which I guess we should talk about briefly. Uh, well, all we got to say is James Gunn's back. Yeah, I think that was. And it has nothing. And really, this has nothing to do with you know, how you feel about what I think. I think this makes Disney look absolutely horrible. I think this was stupid. I think clearly they used WB and DC as a as a litmus test. They used them as guinea pigs because that was not a significant pushback. For them hiring James Gunn, so I think Disney just made the and Marvel made the decision. I guess this is blown over, and we can bring this guy back because there hasn't been any push. There's no concerted effort and controversy about WB hiring him. Then I guess, quote for now, people don't care. But it just makes them look weak, and it makes them look like they don't have conviction, regardless of whether you thought they should have done this or not. The fact is, they did it. They didn't rehire him when they when they were seemingly thinking about it before. This had been, and it also makes it sound like it makes it seem like this was just bullshit that they kind of really deep down knew they were going to do this all along. They just were purposely waiting for it to blow over. So I don't. 
It's good. It's good, and I understand it because it it bothers me that the overwhelming reaction is people are so happy about this because oh now we get to see you know Guardians three and you know and end the way it should have ended or the way it was conceived. But there's bigger picture issues here. So while yeah, I'm glad that we're actually going to get that trilogy created by the same guy, uh, certainly wrapped up by the person who created it. But still, I mean, I just think I don't know. I think it was it was not handled well across the board and. I, I was actually pretty taken aback when I read that when I found when that broke with last week at the end of last week or whatever that that happened. So right. it is it is what it is. It's good for it's good for the Guardians. It probably it probably will be good for the cosmic aspect of Marvel if James Gunn ends up still being back in charge of that or at least having heavy influence on that. But so yeah, that's 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 pretty much it. All right. Anything else? Not off the top of my head. Uh, I got one last bit. Uh, we talked a bit, had had a, like a kind of impromptu Funko discussion. Um, the, uh, the last episode with Captain the, the Captain Marvel stuff at the end, um, and I just thought I'd bring it up because at the, in that episode I mentioned that as people were hearing that episode, if they were listening to it same day, that uh, the exclusives for Emerald City Comic Con. Which Funko calls the spring uh, the spring uh, convention exclusives um, hit um, that day, and I was out for certain ones, and um, that has obviously come and passed. I actually took I took Friday off not for Funko hunting, but uh, there's a bunch of stuff that I needed to do, like for instance, start a bank account. My driver's license is expiring soon, so I needed to do that. An optometry appointment, you know, the, the, those things you can't really do on weekends at places that. Aren't, if they're open on a weekend, are not open very long. Uh, so uh, I just took Friday to get a bunch of stuff uh, taken care of. But a lot of those offices didn't open until later. Um, so I was like, all right, I'm gonna get some Funko hunting done, hunting done first thing in the morning on Friday. So the the one that would would have been hardest for me to, to to get is the DC Comics Black Canary Walgreens.com exclusive figure um so i was like all right when is this supposed to release online I, i'm in a i'm in a group of uh, a local austin area group about funkos you know this would be my first this would be guys this would be my first hunt true hunt for funkos uh you know what when, when do these online exclusives usually release and then they said anywhere between 10 30 <laughs> p.m and uh well two or six a.m i was like oh great there goes my entire Thursday night, Friday morning. Wonderful. So 10.30, 11, 11.30, 12, 12.30, nothing. So they finally say, all right, if it's not up by now, you can take a nap for a little bit, check in at 2. So I'm like, all right, I'll trust you guys. I do that. I wake up at 2, nothing. 2.30, nothing. <laughs> so I go back to sleep. They say try again at 6. So I wake up at 6, nothing, 6.30, well, by this time, I uh, all right. I just need to get up because I'm gonna have to go to the mall soon, anyways. So I take a shower. I gotta post an episode of the Lantern Cast, so I'm messing around like a computer. I'm like, all right, screw it. I'm gonna refresh Walgreens.com before I head out the door. And the Funko count jumps from 31 to 32. I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> so I click on it, and the page just spins. <laughs> And spins <laughs> and spins and I'm like, oh god, dang it! So I go back to the main search results where you see all of the Funkos uh, on on Walgreens.com, and luckily each one of them has their own individual add to cart button right there. So I did that. I check out. I'm confirmed as checked out. I got the order confirmation on my email. 
great start. Head out the door, go to the mall, Think Geek uh, in GameStop have a have the exclusive Thor, classic Thor. So I'm there about 7.55. I turn the corner. I'm expecting a line. There's no line. I'm the first one in line. They open at 9. Uh, so obviously I got my Thor. And uh, so I got both of them. The line at Hot Topic was insane. I don't, I'm not a Dragon Ball Z fan. I don't know if you are, Mark, or watched it at all as a kid. Or Yeah. I'm not... I'm not much of a Dragon Ball Z fan, but evidently everybody was going crazy for something like some sort of dragon pop poronga or something. I don't, I don't know. But the, there was like 10 or 15 people outside of Hot Topic because Hot Topic was supposed to open at nine and thinking did open at nine. I went in, I ch- got my stuff. I checked out. I even bought a pop protector for my Thor <laughs> and, uh, and I, uh, Walked out and I walked down the mall and around the corner to where Hot Topic was, and people were still waiting in line. So <laughs> I was just because I was going to go to Hot Topic and just look at them. I did. I didn't want to. I didn't want to do anything in particular. I didn't want any of the the Hot Topic exclusives. But I was like, all right, I'm not going to wait in line for a store that's not open yet. So I left. I did some of my stuff. You know, I went opened the bank account, did all this all the stuff I needed to do. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to Barnes & Noble because Barnes & Noble had some exclusives as well, one of which was a three-pack, a Harry Potter three-pack of Ginny Weasley, Fred Weasley, and George Weasley all in their Irish gear from – what was the movie again, Mark? Goblet of Fire. Goblet of Fire. So when they go to the the Quidditch World Cup and they're rooting for the Irish team, they're all in this Irish gear. Well, they made a Funko three-pack out of those. And, and that, you know, this is two hours or so after that uh, the Barnes & Noble opened. So I expected all these exclusives to be gone. There's ten of these three-packs sitting on, on the table. I scooped up two. One for myself. I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan. I do enjoy Harry Potter. I have all the films on Blu-ray. But um, I'm actually more of a St. Patrick's Day fan. So I grabbed it for that. And I grabbed another one for my uh, a friend of the family who's a huge Harry Potter fan. Her husband's in the military, and where they're stationed at right now, there's not a, there's not a bunch of stores within driving distance, so there's no way she would have gotten this. So I snagged that for her. Uh, and Barnes and Noble also had a buy three for twenty dollars um, of regular just the regular pops. So I'm in there and I'm looking through them. And by the way, that, that, that should just be buy two, get one free, because they, it's buy three for $20, any of the $9.99 price pops. That's, that's, that's buy two, get one free. Let's be real. <laughs> I, don't know why you're, I don't know why you're saying buy, buy three for 20. It's, it's the same, it, whatever. So I'm in there, and I'm looking around, and I find Carnage, and I find Venom. Uh, so two of the ones I said I needed – for my collection, <laughs> I, uh, I I found there. The boxes weren't in the best shape, but I found uh, you know I found the best one of each of the ones still available. So I'm like, all right, well that's two, and none of the two, none of the other ones were things I was looking for. So I was like, all right, what else am I going to grab? And then I found Angus Young, the ACDC Angus Young pop. Uh, not any of the Chase versions, guys, because there's one out there I think with uh, him having horns on his hat. And another one where he's got a red coat instead. Uh, this is just a standard Angus Young 
uh, uh, pop. So I ended up getting the two ones I was b- most excited for, the Black Canary and the Thor. And the Black Canary, by the way, actually just came in the mail for me today as we record this. And then I ended up getting the one I was just sort of interested in for the Harry Potter three pack. And then I ended up adding two more Venom pops, uh, Venom related pops to my collection that I needed (laughs) and getting a bonus pop along the way. So it was probably the most successful first pop hunt you could have ever ever had. (laughs) Good job, Chad. Yeah. But what's even cooler is like I said, I'm part of this Facebook group of Austin people uh, who are Funko fans, just sharing information, selling their stuff, all that. Someone posted in their um, in the group that they're selling all their Venom pops, and I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> uh, well, I don't get paid until the 29th, uh, so are you good waiting? And uh, but also, my birthday is the sixth, so. I don't get I, don't, I get paid bi monthly, so like around the fifteenth of every month and around the thirtieth of every month. So I would only have one paycheck between now and my birthday, essentially. And it's the end of the month when I get it on the twenty ninth, so I got to pay rent. But my birthday's coming up a week later, so I need to make sure I've got some money set aside for food and drinks and you know whatever may be happening around all of that. How much money do I really have realistically to spend? <laughs> on these pops I really need. So she actually has the Venomized Loki and the Venomized Ghost Rider, as well as a bunch of other things. Some of the anti-venom pops that you and I were talking about. Uh, She's got the Venomized uh, Black Panther, the Venomized Hulk. She's got all this stuff. Um, And I was like, I kind of want it all. But I decided that Venomized Loki and Venomized Ghost Rider would probably be the hardest for me to find. So I'm going to buy those from her. Nice. So w- within the, within the span of like a week of you and I talking about, you know, I want to complete this collection of, of Funkos, uh, you know, I want my White Lanterns, you know, and I want my, my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and, you know, I want the Hercules line. But I said my priority right now was was the Venomized stuff within the within the like a couple of days of recording. I had two more. And then a day or two later, I had a lead on two of the other rare ones. <laughs> So in less than a week, I, I like doubled my Venom Pop collection. <laughs> you won't be able to eat, but at least you have your pops. <laughs> well, that's the good thing about my birthday. I'm assuming I'm going to have drinks and food bought for me. <laughs> uh, Big assumption, Chad. <laughs> I'll be turning 32, man. Very clearly, that's a that's a that's a milestone worthy of celebrating, right? <laughs> Please feed me. <laughs> That's exactly what you want when you're 32. I am broke. Can someone buy my shit for me? I'm a, I'm very clearly a very highly functioning adult, right? <laughs> I needed toys. <laughs> I, I don't need it. I don't need any presents. Just buy me some burgers, please. <laughs> uh, actually, this year I think because uh, you know inevitably at the very least my sister and brother-in-law and my dad will ask me what I want. For my birthday. <clears throat> so I think this year I'm going for whiskey. I'm trying to start like a whiskey bar, like uh, my own, like in, in, in apartment, you know, five or six bottles worth of different whiskeys so that I can have 
something to just try here and there. I'm not a drunkard, folks. <laughs> I'm just I want I just want some like a whiskey bar so I can whenever I feel like having like a glass, uh, I can just try some different ones and and have some some uh, some variety instead of drinking the same old same old. You're not a lush, but you are willing to learn. That's true. That's true. I'm always excited to learn. Uh, any, anything uh, you got going on? Any uh, comics or anything you're reading or other exci- geek stuff you wanted to get not to? Not as exciting as you destroying your liver, Chad. No, really. <laughs> I, is, there, is there anything going on? I would say no. No, I'm going to say at this. I'm not destroying my liver. <laughs> I, when I say glass of whiskey, you know I mean like two fingers worth, right? Uh-huh. I don't mean like a full glass of whiskey. You're, just, you're, you're slapping a nipple on that bottle and just, just, just poured it down. <laughs> no, man. I, I put in a I put in a nice uh, ice cube, uh, a nicely done ice cube. And, uh, and you know, that's actually one thing I don't have. Maybe I'll ask for some of those... Uh, what are those like? Those freezer rocks or whatever? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, those whiskey rocks or something. I'll get some of those and put in like uh, maybe about two fingers tall worth of whiskey, and that's 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 enough, man. You don't need to get. If if you want to get drunk, you buy the cheap whiskey. If you want to have a glass of straight whiskey, you buy the good stuff. This is going to be good stuff that I'm not going to just run through or make mixed drinks with or take shots of. The good stuff, you just sip. It's disrespectful to the whiskey and to the distillery to just shoot it, shoot the good stuff, or make make mixed drinks with it. You want to drink it straight. I trust you, Chad. All right, well, we've gone on on long enough, I guess, <laughs> about whiskey and pops. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the drunken collector that he is. I just want to pop. <laughs> buy, buy, it's, buy. It's, <laughs> it's it's funny that this collector mentality seems to seep into lots of things other than just geek related stuff, because it's you know I'm here, I'm sitting here talking about a collection of whiskey I want. <laughs> The minute I get everything, the minute I get anything, I have to have all related elements of it. It's going to, so it's a good thing I, I know it's in, already inherently know it's impossible to have every sort of whiskey, <laughs> and I'm just shooting for like a nice bar of five. Yeah, it's like just I just pictured one day one day fast approaching. You're just going to be sitting there in your robe, drunk on on eBay, just looking at. Look at all the pops you can find. Add to cart. Add to cart. Add to cart. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember buying any of these. <laughs> and then we'll record, and it'll be our the the Larflees Part Two episode. <coughs> our drunken popcast. Oh yeah, there you go. They haven't they haven't even showed the pops from uh for Endgame yet, have they? I don't think so. No. No, you, you know they're going to be coming soon. Uh, have, well, I guess to keep the collection going, I guess I'll have to get Cap, even though you, unless I was going to say he's going to look, he's going to look very similar, but they'll probably make just one in the Quantum Realm suit, and that'll make you have to get it. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I expect them doing a line of Quantum Realm suit versions. Yeah. So I mean, which, even even if they do have Cap in in a regular uniform, that's not 
one of the literally one of the ones from the past because he has to match. Uh, when, he, when they go wherever they go, the reality is I'm sure they are going to have the Quantum Realm one. So that'll continue my that'll continue my cap my cap collection. Could be the could be our last chance. For sure. All right, man. You want to tell people how they can reach us? <laughs> lanterncast.com email is lanterncast at gmail.com website like we said lanterncast.com check out our latest episodes and I'm, there's going to be a new ring encyclopedia episode going up soon I just have to pull the trigger on it uh, follow us on twitter and like us on facebook use hashtag glcast on either of those to find us itunes and stitcher please leave us a positive review on whatever platform you listen to us on and last but not least though it is pretty last these days corwin where are you 708 lantern is the voicemail let us know what you think all right guys next episode we'll be uh, kind of backpedaling and Redoing that episode we did of the Silver Age Green Lantern issue, Going starring back to the, the uh, Silver Age once again. Yes, right. You want to tell people what issue number that is? No, I don't really. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. We we gave enough of a hint that it's a fl- that it's Flash and Green Lantern, so that 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 can be the big big enough of enough of a teaser until we sit down and record again. And if something goes and there's wrong, and and there's a tie-in to the Morrison era. Yes, there is. And if something goes wrong this time. That's probably going to never be recorded again. We'll just, it'll, be, it'll be a jinx issue. We'll pick another issue. <laughs> we'll tell you. We'll tell you. We'll tell you which issue it was, and maybe we'll tell you what the tie. We'll tell you what the tie-in was. But doing the actual review, no, we'll say screw that and pick a different, a different issue because then that that would be cursed. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Good night, everybody. Good night.